What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rockhound Radio, uh, our Dungeons and Dragons segment known as the Couch in the Dungeon. Last week, we talked about some different source books, and this week, we're going to be discussing some different uh, adventure books to get you started and get you on your way. Uh, the first thing I'm going to recommend is the Essentials Kit and the Starters Kit. If you see either one of these, they have uh, some characters already pre-made in there. Uh, some character sheets to make your own. They come with some basic rule books so that you don't have to go buy the starter books. They come with some dice to get you started. I think it's everything to get you started for like two to three people depending on which one you pick up. Now, there's two different starter kits. There's the original starter kit, and then there is the new starter kit, which is Dragons of the Stormwrecked Isles, which is kind of cool. I haven't had a chance to pick it up and look at it yet, so I'm really looking forward to that when I do get the chance. I've heard very good things about it so far. Um, so these two, these two different kits will get you... If you wanted to play D&D today, you could pick these up, flip through the rule books, uh, give a quick read through, take the take out the pre-made character sheet or make one up yourself real quick and just start playing. Uh, pretty self-explanatory. I, I have the essentials kit. I feel like they did a very good job of just uh, getting you started and it's a pretty interesting story that you see with it. And just good things all around. Now, uh, Dungeons and Dragons has been around for a very long time, so there's a lot of different adventures, a lot of different adventure books across all five editions. The uh, I've only ever played the fifth edition, but uh, some of these are all carried over from like the Forgotten Realms which is a huge D&D setting from the original uh, release I do believe so we're going to jump right into that we're going to talk about some of these different books today and then uh, I don't know we might talk about some other things too Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for that little mishap there. I was moving some things around on the desk and bumped the play, the record button. So we're going to start by talking about The Curse of Strahd. And uh, the reason we're starting with this is because it's the only adventure book that I have actually played. And I found it to be... Uh, I was the player. I wasn't a DM. Or actually, our our host Rock was the DM for when we played. Uh, so when you get the Curse of Strahd, if you're going to buy the Curse of Strahd, I recommend looking for, I think it's like a collector's edition. It's the Curse of Strahd revamped, and it comes in a box that's shaped like a coffin. And it comes with the book to run the adventure. And this is for characters level 1 through 10. It comes with a 20-page creature book for monsters that appear. 
And it comes with an eight-page Terra deck to explain how to use the Terra cards that are included. Uh, it also comes with a Dungeon Master screen specifically tailored for this adventure. It comes with a large character sheet with a picture of Strahd on one side and his stat block on the other. You also get a double-sided poster of the map of the country on one, of Barovia on one side and Castle Ravenloft on the other. Which we found that to be very handy. We're like, oh shit, where do we need to go? Oh, okay, here, let's look, let's look, let's look at this map. Uh, four sheets of character player handouts. 54 tarot cards that help determine the purest path, path through the adventure. And uh, your DM would use these cards to help determine things that happen. Uh, it led to some very interesting interactions during our playthrough. A uh, box to hold your tarot cards and then postcards to send to your friends to invite them to the game. Now, again, like I said, this is the only uh, adventure book that I have actually played. And I think we got two, three sessions in before we kind of, our group wasn't able to meet up as consistently as we had hoped. That seems to be the case anytime you try playing Dungeon. There's always uh, one or two people that are like, oh, I gotta work, I gotta do this, I got a wedding. Uh, so, you know, it really makes you do value the time when your friends do still get to get together and uh, sit down and you get to play for three four five sometimes six hours you know we, we try to milk as when we do get together we try to milk as much time as possible out of the scenario uh but it was it was fun uh running strawed is not easy uh trying not to kill all of the people that you run into as strawed is not easy uh some of the things that your players will come up with like I think Strahd attacked and I was playing a barbarian and uh I just ran up on him and started laying into him no thought or abandon about it and then he was our dungeon master was like I don't want to kill you so I just made him leave and I was like oh I fucked up <laughs> I think we uh we burnt down some uh I think we burnt down some tents or something or some of like some of the str people that Strahd was using and he wasn't very happy. Uh, so it, even though it is a horror, you know, you still get you'll still get those table moments and you'll still get to play. So moving on from the curse of Strahd, we will be talking about. Hmm. Well, we talk about the Horde of the Dragon Queen and the Rise of Taimont, because they kind of go together. Uh, the Horde of the Dragon Queen is takes place in the Forgotten Realms. And I don't... So yeah, the Horde of the Dragon Queen leads into the Rise of Taimont, and by the time you finish the Horde of the Dragon Queen, you should be... 8th or ninth, or 7th or 8th level, and then, uh, it just seems like, it, it, 
Yeah, so the Dragon Queen, uh, you're trying to stop someone from collecting all the mask and essentially uh, rising time on, which is, um, I think, the evil Dragon Queen. Like, the lore, or... I'm, I'm, I'm butchering this to any of our D&D fans, uh, but I'm pretty sure she, like, she was, like, the, uh, evil dragon queen, like, goddess of the dragons or something. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm totally butchering that, and I should have, uh, looked into it a little bit more. But yeah, you're basically trying to stop that, and then I think that it happens anyway, and then the next book, you're trying to, like, stop the time on deal. I'm not really sure. Like I said, I haven't gotten to play any of these adventure books, and, I mean, I've read through them when I, like, first bought them a couple of years ago. Alright, so after completely butchering that, we are going to uh, hop into break, and uh, hopefully I will have my shit together when we come back after break. Alright guys, welcome back from break. Uh, coming back from break, we're going to talk about the Candlekeep Mysteries. Uh, Candlekeep is a library setting. And uh, pretty much what you do is you would travel to the library, you would pick up a book, and you open up a book, and then each book leads into an adventure. And there are uh, a number of different adventures. I, I want to say it's like 13. And these can be used as standalone stories, or it can be like a part of a campaign where each couple of sessions you're moving through an adventure. Uh I've read through this one and saw a couple of, like, ideas and settings that I thought, like, well, that really won't fit in my homebrew, but what if I just take this element and this element, and then I can actually just, and, uh, mod it to fit in my own homebrew, so I have done that, uh, and honestly, if you're doing a homebrew that you're just doing for yourself and you're just wanting to have fun and your table... You know, feel free to pull some of the elements out of each it. Read through them, you know. Uh, I pretty much, I read through them to see how Dungeons & Dragons set up their adventure books. So that when I went to go and write my homebrew, I could kind of just write things like they are in the adventure book. And I feel like... That helps with my writing, it helps me keep everything organized, it makes it easier for my players to understand. If somebody else wanted to pick up my homebrew and DM it at our table, uh, you know, it would, it would be a lot easier to do. So, it's definitely interesting. Uh, another D&D thing is D&D versus Rick and Morty. I do not have this this one, I haven't used this one, but uh, just taking the mashup of Rick and Morty and throwing it into Dungeons and Dragons is a pretty awesome idea. I know there's a little bit of controversy around Rick and Morty right now, but come on. if What else would allow for such wild antics to happen in Dungeons and Dragons? 
So if you guys are fans of Rick and Morty, uh, check that out when you want to play D&D with your group. Uh, the Wild Beyond the Witchlight is another story adventure book that uh, takes place, I'm pretty sure, almost entirely in the Fey Realm. And the Fey Realm is a very wild place that's full of just untamed magic and time passes differently and it's never really fully daylight but it's never really fully dark it's kind of like that weird point in between where it's like bright in some areas and it's dark in the other uh time pass like i said time passes weird and then everything is just kind of wild and crazy the creatures you run into are all kind of deceitful and will steer you one way or another uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Alice in Wonderland, although I definitely more fantasy based, um, but it's definitely interesting. Like, like I said, I haven't had a chance to play a Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and I haven't really had a chance to read through it. But anything that's takes place in a carnival and the fey realm you know is just going to be absolutely wild uh and then you of course you have boulder's gate descend into avernus which is a pretty much a trip into the nine realms of hell uh it's pretty tough to be in any fan of dungeons and dragons is going to know that boulder's gate is a classic that has been around for years and years and years it takes place once again in the Forgotten Realms, and uh, it's it's just pretty crazy. And then, of course, talking uh, with another standalone adventure book is Journeys Through the Radiant Cathedral, and uh, this takes place on it's a new location on the Ethereal Plane. And it's 13 separate adventures that can be run by themselves or you can drop them into your own campaign or you can modify them for your homebrew. Um, they add 11 new monsters. It's um, it's pretty, pretty uh, impressive from some of the reviews that I've read. And then uh, you have the Spelljammer Academy. Now the Spelljammer Academy... I gotta be honest, takes place in wild space, which I think is, I, I, yeah, wild space in the astral sea, so this is like preparing you for the space adventures, which is followed by the Spelljammer Adventures in Space, uh, which adds in a whole bunch of like spaceships and other things and uh, like space slugs and space hamsters and I mean it's just pretty pretty wild what's there and then of course you have uh, some water deep which is another forgotten realm setting you have the water deep dungeon heist and then dungeon of the mad mage I haven't read either one of those uh, there's a Storm King's Thunder. I have yet to read it. Um, there's the newest one, which I haven't bought, which is Keith from the Golden Vault. And these are 13 different, like, vault or uh, robbery adventures. Uh, 
they're definitely pretty interesting well worth taking a look at i hope to purchase that one soon and then of course there is the critical role adventure of call of the nether deep and this takes place in the world of exandria which is where critical role test all three of his campaigns take place um it goes hand in hand with the source book, the Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, but you don't need that resource to run this adventure. Uh, so, it's going to be a fairly short episode this week. I kind of blundered through it. I really, really apologize for that, you guys. Uh, I promise next week will be better. Uh, next week, we will be talking talking some homebrew shop and uh, I feel like that's my real expertise so maybe that'll be like a two-part episode we might uh, we might talk about what I did for homebrew and then I might just ramble on about my homebrew world that I've got created who knows uh, looking forward to seeing you guys next week you can find Rockhound Radio anywhere that you can find a podcast Uh, if you guys have a good one.